We get it, Michael. You like Gardens of the Galaxy. We get it, Michael. You like Gardens of the Galaxy. We get it, Michael. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and we get it, Michael. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I'm gonna forget it. It's Guardians of the it's Galaxy. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. We yeah. get it, Michael. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. We get it, Michael. You like Guardians of the Galaxy too. We get it, Michael. You I like you like Guardians. There's a new Guardians of the Galaxy film out. Darren, mm. I'm done running. I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Popscorn, the Fire Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we go back to our roots. We do not run from our heritage. Yeah, it, it, it's our first ever review we did. It is. Oh wow! It, we're we're back here. We're finishing the trilogy, and this is the last episode. No, <laughs> <laughs> shit up about twelve people then, <laughs> including you. Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We're here. It's out. We've seen it. It took a lot longer than it probably should have to get here because we had to both fire and then rehire James Gunn and he then decided he wants to dip his toe in the DC waters. (laughs) And Um, then full plunge. Yes, to to each their own, it's fine. Uh, He's now taken the title of most employed man from uh, Taika Waititi, so... Good on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's here. Um, first of all, people want to know about the coronation, Michael. That's a much more <laughs> pressing issue. Is it? I, I mean, we're English. People, everyone's, <laughs> where were you when you were watching the coronation? Uh... I was taking apart a dishwasher door in order to paint it. That's where I was. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the big, like, what's the other big world event meeting you live through? It's probably... The pandemic. Yeah. 9-11. Um... Uh, Albion going to the Premier League. Uh, Albion going to the Premier League. <laughs> uh, Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, the Robot Wars season six finale. Tornado versus Razor. I Fucking. To, I'm glad you reminded me about that. I rewatched that the other day. <laughs> do you know? I told you I didn't have the Photoshop skills necessary to do the meme I wanted. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do the speech from um, "Come Dine with Me," uh, the famous line. Yeah. But just uh, but well, we're... well done, Tornado. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the money. You ruined my night. I hope you get some classes in decorum tornado because you have all the decorum <laughs> of a reversing dump tr- of a reversing circular lot and then like like the house robots on the fucking couch and, with I, would tornado. Have, and I would have photoshopped razor onto the geezer's head yeah oh, anyway um but now we've lived through a coronation we have it, it certainly was a thing it certainly was a thing anybody from this country that criticizes any other country needs to be reminded that at one point the Archbishop of Canterbury paid money to a sword yep. to say sorry to that sword for picking it up. Yep. We've lost all fucking yep. rights to say we're normal. And as as with every other royal event, for some reason, we all get really fucking horny for one oddly specific person. Why the fuck were people going super mommy mode for Penny Mordaunt? Just because she held us right. up. That was a bit uh, weird. Uh, uh. Oh, she's a Tory, lads. Yep. She's a Tory. She's a Tory. 
That's all fucking calm like, the fuck down. As Tories go, at least she actually fucking acknowledges the existence of trans people, but she's still a fucking Tory. <laughs> don't, don't let it decide you. She's still a fucking Tory. Yeah, she's going to age. You have to be old to be in charge of the Tory party oh, as a yeah. woman. So she can join the ranks of... <laughs> of Thatcher and Anne Whittacombe and fucking <laughs> Anne Whittacombe and in, fucking famously in charge of the Tories. Oh, she wasn't in charge of the Tories. No, no she's just part of my um, <laughs> the anti wank bank. <laughs> like the Mount Rushmore of shame. Yeah, <laughs> the one they've got in the cliffs of fucking hell. Any hoozle. Uh, it was an experience. What were you doing during the coronation? Mark? I was at a coronation party because of my wife's <laughs> political commitments, uh, surrounded by well, you know, people who were I would say forty to fifty years my senior. Right, and they were jazzed for it. I imagine it, a weird mix of jazzed and couldn't give a shit. It's one of those things that, like, I think they suddenly remember where they are and they go, right. "Ah, oh, fuck, I'm still in Tipton." Yeah. And how yeah. beige was the food? Entirely, I would have expected nothing less. And fucking entirely. I also want to say, coronation chicken. There's a reason that we only do that every fifty or so years. It's just shit curry chicken. It's shite, isn't it? It's really bad. <laughs> they wanted to get more spice into the diet, but they thought, oh no, we can't have any ethnic stuff, so we just have to dress it up as like, no, the, the queen did this. I presume. I presume British food is the worst in the fucking world. And yet, sometimes it's the best. Sometimes. Just sometimes. Sometimes you get a bacon sandwich done just right. And then you have that scene best. from Ratatouille where you're a child again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people have been ragging on our attempts at Chinese food. Uh, I mean, America can't fucking say anything about it. Exactly that. Would you like to talk about Guardians now, Michael? Shall- <laughs> he dressed like Snoke. Uh- <laughs> he did. Me, yeah, I had- <laughs> yeah, me and you clearly spent too much time together. As you text me saying, oh, look, he's dressed like Snoke. Seconds after I had tweeted, oh, look, Green Charles is dressed like... Uh, snow. The hysterical thing is that, like, if you looked, if you looked on Twitter, I tweeted it before I'd sent it you. We tweeted it the same fucking second. We're a fucking hive mind. Uh, also, I'm annoyed that we didn't get to see Charles's tits because at one point they said, right, the holy anointing is about to happen mm. and he's going to anoint Charles with holy oils on mm. the head, hands and breasts. Mm. And I got a little excited. I went, <laughs> I'm ready to watch a TV event where Katy Perry is sat in the same room as a, <laughs> as a half-naked fucking King Charles. And then the Champions League music starts <laughs> and they bring out some fucking privacy screens. I was yeah. like, no, give me King tits now. <laughs> No, god damn it! They no. were they were a great prog rock band from the seventies. <laughs> Kings hits uh, and the jewel encrusted sword. Yes, anyway. no one cares. Life goes on. Fuck the king. Let's continue. Let's 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 talk about guardians. Much less contentious. Um, you see, you've got to go first. I have got to go first because well, you haven't messed. You sent me some out of context spoilers, but that's all I got from you. Got from, them all. I tell you, you got obviously. It. Yeah. Um, Yes, so I, I wasn't actually planning to watch this until this week, mm. but so worried I, as I was about spoilers that we moved plans forward and I watched it on Friday night. So, yeah, critics have been not, like, lukewarm on it. It's been slightly above average, but mm. like in the six to seven range, whereas it's now got the second highest audience score for any Marvel movie. Yeah. Which is... Although it does share that with both of its immediately previous films. Ah. So, yeah, all three Guardians movies have uh, earned an A cinema score. So Excellent. that's good. Um, and, yeah, for quick top-line thoughts, I liked it. I think it was, of the three, I, I think it's tokenistically the weakest. 
but it's by far and away it's second only i think to the cap trilogy is like the most consistent there's not a bad one they're all very very good and and there's no real thing i can point to to this one that's like well that's why it's slightly weaker i think the comedies may be less consistent through this one in that it's trying to tell a darker story than the other two were so obviously mm. that something's gonna have to be cut and i think that was comedy but for the most part i was a fan however it's not an important movie to me it is an important movie to you as we sit here fucking surrounded by many and various uh, <laughs> i've just realized he doesn't wear the helmet at all in this movie for fuck yeah, we need we we're gonna have that conversation. Right. Where the fuck did his helmet go? Oh yeah, he doesn't put it on once. Have you seen? Have you seen? James gonna actually address that yesterday. What did he say? And was like, he had to leave in a hurry. It's in a drawer on nowhere. Fuck you. That thing lives behind I... his head. Oh yeah, yeah. That's stupid. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Maggle, the floor is yours. I have to review this movie in two very distinct voices, which I'm going to give Darren the ability to flip between. Hang on, are you actually going to do two different voices now? No, like no, a no, high no. pitch. Oh, no, that's no, what's no. happening. I have to review this as a film critic yes. and as possibly one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Guardians Galaxy fan I know. Okay. As a film critic, yes. this is a satisfying conclusion. Yes. It neatly makes it, like you say, possibly not the best trilogy in the MCU because we've got the Spider-Man films and... Spider-Man films, the Avengers films, and the Cap films. Yes. But certainly in the upper echelon of MCU movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, absolutely cannot be contested. It objectively, like you say, has a lot of baggage Mm. uh, coming from, uh, you know, James Gunn not having heavy writing duties from the Avengers movies and those things actually progressing the story in a way that I think... You can tell by the action he didn't want to have to address. Yes. But it's not marred entirely by that. And no. it does, it, it makes sure that it keeps its interactions up with the, the characters mm-hmm. very well. There's a lot of dark stuff in there, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a dark movie that you couldn't take younger audiences to by the end. No. I think it's got a lot to say. It's got a strong message and... Yeah, it's certainly one of the better movies, mm-hmm. not only of the MCU, but also out this year. Definitely st- Phase 5 strongest. Don't know, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was very good, but that's good for different reasons. This mm. is a wholly more enjoyable thing and doesn't have that little asterisk of, yes, but the ending's a bit naff. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have that. So that's film critic, Michael. Yes. Please now switch over to fanboy, Michael. This is, by far, my least favourite Guardians thing ever. What? By quite a wide margin, I do not think this film works. Holy fuck! Okay, here we fucking go. <laughs> we get it, Michael. You don't like the Guardians. Hell fucking yes. It's, okay. It's, this is a fucking... I can't, Why? I can't quite believe that this film gets so many things wrong about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I, I trusted James Gunn to see this through to the end and what i have been given is half of an incredibly satisfying if not expectation exceeding masterpiece Uh and half of stupid goofy sub fucking uh vr troopers horse shite and I'm not afraid to say it. What a blessed day. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. I keep thinking you're going to swerve me in a second and go, no, it's my favorite. It's my new favorite film of all no, time. No, 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 no. Oh! I, I would not do this to you, Darren. <laughs> I recognize it's good and there are bits I love. I do not understand where the praise is coming from. 
I don't get it. This is not the best one. I have I've I've sat there, movie reviewers I truly and wholly respect, such as Red Letter Media, I watched their review today. Uh-huh. And Mike Starklasser says this is the best Guardians movie. Mike Starklasser needs his head removed, <laughs> fed through some kind of thresher, and then subjected to watching Guardians 2 for the rest of time. Oh. Although, and, and, and off the back of this, I now need to apologise both to Spider-Man No Way Home and to Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings. And to me personally, I and feel. And to you, you personally. Too. If I had known that it, it could get this bad... I would not have put Spider-Man at sixth best. This is James Gunn's worst movie as a fan. That is what I think. <gasps> I don't know what to do, audience. <laughs> this has never happened. I wasn't anticipating this. Holy shit. Okay. Where to fucking begin? Um, cool. Right. Let's go. Let's let's do cast. Let's go one by one casting yes. and, and do that. Well, let's start with the main character undeniably the main character of this one even though he spends most of it on a bench mm. uh it's rocket raccoon it sure is so it's it's the we were told for a long time like no rocket will be the focus of the third movie mm. yeah and whilst james gunn was off in the wilderness everyone was wondering well how's that going to work yeah like the cats you feel like the cats already out of the bag with rocket like yes we don't know the whole why he is like it is but why does it matter mm. i think was the main question and I think this movie does a very, very good job, in my opinion, of addressing why it was important to go back and do that. Yeah. Of, you know, literally taking the lowest life form we've dealt with in all of Marvel, a literal, well, that, that's a bit of a spoiler, just taking something so basic and for one little quirk or another making it very, very important and mm. why that's, you know, it reflects on what superheroes are meant to be. They're meant to look out for the little guy, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I think it does a great job Structured, it's a bit weird because they have to tell it mostly through flashback. Yeah. But those flashbacks are really good. Those flashbacks are the best bit of the movie. And I think it's a f- incredibly satisfying arc for Rocket. Oh, hell yeah. For me. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Okay, cool. Well, so Rocket's both, not your problem here. Both the, both the fanboy in me and the reviewer in me yes. love what they did with Rocket. Yes. And um, as a fan, I think that's at a detriment to everybody and everything else. Right, okay. And knowing that at one point James Gunn considered doing a Rocket and Groot... Spin-off movie. Sp- well, not even that prequel spin-off. Right, yeah, yeah. Makes me want to see that. Okay. I ima- imagine if they'd taken all the Rocket stuff in this and then told the story of how he met Groot as like the last hour of that film. Yeah. I think that is... That has the potential to be the best Marvel movie. Mm. And what we get is ultimately very satisfying in this movie yes and certainly i now understand why rocket is james gunn's favorite character yes the problem with that is is that it's been done in a way that james gunn knew damn well he was making the rocket movie for part three come Mm. hell or high water no matter what he'd set up he wanted to end this trilogy always planned as a trilogy by the way yes to be about rocket and to be about his backstory fine Okay. In isolation, that's a wonderful idea. And it is expertly fucking done. Yes. I won't spoil it. There is a scene in this I where I've, I've never felt more dread and yeah. just hollowness yes. at something that happens to Rocket. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Cooper... This is this is him making a case for being one of the better voice actors out there right yeah. now. Yeah. My fucking Who'd have thunk? God. Mm-hmm. 
this is such an emotive performance. And I think I think it could potentially be misconstrued as really kind of towing the line of what is acceptable in these MCU movies. Yes. It's it's not particularly light at those times. No, Christ, no. This is a grim-ass movie for the <laughs> most part. <laughs> the Rocket story is like specifically honing in on some awful fucking shit. It just does not let up until the conclusion of the movie. No. And I loved that. However. Is, is it worth sacrificing everything else? Is the question See, that I had at the front of my mind. Okay. Looked at it through that lens, you are right in that everybody else... I still think everyone gets something to do. I don't feel like oh, they've yeah, been yeah, completely yeah. chucked to the wayside. Mm. And they are blended into this story nicely. But you are right. This is... This should not be called Gardens of the Galaxy 3. It should be called Rocket Raccoon. Yes. Fair enough. I get your criticism there. Well, let's then move on to who was the previous main character, that yes. being a Star-Lord. Yes. Um, I think so, the holiday special is throwing this off a little bit. In that, that showed him at a low ebb, mm. but finishing on a high ebb. Yeah. But for narrative purposes, we needed him to be back at the low ebb. Yeah. So we've just, we've just done that without really explaining why. And and I like I like the motivation in which to get him out of that ebb and on board with the mission. Yes, something awful has to happen. He needs to get, needs to get his ass in yes. here. So I like that. Yeah. And then everything else that makes Star Lord appears to kind of just start to degrade and fade. I mean, like you say, the helmet does not go on once. No. They're in the outf- the outfits, the uniforms, which I fucking love. There he is. There in the outfit. Yeah. I love that outfit. And yet, somehow, everything that I know to be Star-Lord in that outfit is its not really that present in the movie. The leader, Star-Lord, really only comes across in a couple of scenes. Yeah, they they strip back some of his characterization that we got through Avengers and and 2 to, to make him more the tip of the spear of what the driving force for this movie. Mm. Like, he doesn't... He he's not exploring the depth of emotion that he was in those movies. Here, it's very much a reactionary role as opposed to anything else. Of like, you can make an argument they try and tie it back into something about his family. But there's a lot of talk of like, you know, you've been running your entire life. You do have family left back on Earth. You just mm. haven't got round to going back to seeing them. So there's a little bit there, and again, Gamora comes back in, and we'll talk about her in a second. But you are right; they do kind of. For the sake of Rocket, he has to be dialed down to be more... He, he's a plot device more so than a character for the most part. So, Which is not to enough. say there are bad things. There is there. It's in the trailers. There is a scene in which him and Groot are in a big room. Yes. And I think the things leading up to that scene... Yes. Once you get onto Counter-Earth, which shouldn't be a spoiler because if you know who the yeah, yeah, yeah. villain of the piece is, um, I really enjoyed. And Peter Quill with a plan, I was like... Okay, this is leader Peter Quill. I really quite like this. Yes. He also gets a wonderful F bomb. I think this is the first F bomb. It is the first F bomb. Yeah, yeah. Why are we saying F bomb? It is the first fuck. Yep. Um, Spider Man teased it twice, but never actually got mm. to say fuck. No, this is the first fuck. I love that it was just done on something so small and insignificant. Because <laughs> I'm to- I was told this was going to have the first fuck in it, and I thought, no, they're saving this for Rockets Big mm. at the end. I thought but- they were going <laughs> to. Not so so much, no. (laughs) No spoilers here, people. You're going to have to go watch the film, but yeah. It got a big laugh out of me, so I liked that. But like you say, the the bits, particularly his relationship to both the Guardians and Gamora, 
the the his yeah. relationship to the guardians feels less evolved than it did two films ago yeah which is a big problem and his relationship to gamora feels undeveloped in spite of two films yeah of what's been happening there there is a scene quite it's about midpoint mm. midpoint of the action where they're, they're in a lift and peter yes. recaps what happened in the avengers movies and i can't help but feel this was the first page that james gunn wrote mm-hmm. because this comes across as an incredibly condescending takedown of the russo's writing real quick sorry i only made a few notes because there was stuff i was worried i was going to forget mm. so um we'll talk about music later but um it starts with a uh, creep by radiohead i mean if that doesn't tell you where this f- fucking film's going I hate Radiohead. Dude, so, do you remember when we watched uh, Justice League the first time round? Mm. And when uh, your boy Josh Reed's name turned up, there was a tramp holding a sign saying, I tried. Yes. And we thought, well, that's fucking subtle. <laughs> when <laughs> James Good, I think, either did this, hopefully this is an accident, mm. but I feel like he's the level of snide that it might not be. He knows he's on the way fucking out. He's yep. fine. When it says, you're so fucking special, Kevin Feige's name appears. Oh. <laughs> and hopefully the man never does anything dodgy, because when it says, I'm a creep, James Gunn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I was like, that, that is going to get clipped so hard if you do. <laughs> if you're in the Me Too movement, you fucked yourself royally oh, here. Dude. So maybe he was on a fucking meta commentary the whole way through. Of maybe. Like, you took my characters and you did this to them. I didn't want this doing to them, mm. but... I'm going to rectify it a little bit if I can. I and I still, I still, even with this, I still have a lot of faith in James Gunn. I think I'm looking forward to the d- things he does over at DC. Mm. Really enjoyed the Suicide Squad, and yes. I mean this film makes the Suicide Squad look like a fucking work of art. So like, yeah, these are the I'm words. still not used to it. This is oh boy, I d- okay. And I, I am so aware that I'm in the minority here. But yeah. if but if you want, he made me. <laughs> He made this. Well, he didn't, to be fair. Abnett and Lanning made this. Yes. The writers, who actually had co-writing credits on Guardians 1 and 2. On this one? Not on this one. Uh, Abnett Abnett and Lanning aren't involved in Holiday Special and this. Don't they hate each other? Abnett and Lanning? Yeah. I don't believe so. I thought you told me they, like, fell out and don't Uh, like each other anymore. I can't remember. Anyway. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't matter. They wrote some good shit. I'm fairly certain, because they did... Dan Abnett went off to do Warhammer stuff, so I think it just was they didn't work together for ages. Oh, right, okay. Um, right, so well, we mentioned Gamora. Let's bring her up again. So hmm. this is, of course, the time-displaced Gamora from Endgame. Yes. So not the one that got chucked off the magical cliff. This is a different Gamora who has no memory of the Guardians whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So God Zoe Saldana wants out of these movies. My- <laughs> and it is tangible. I think they wrote Gamora angry so that she could tap into that fucking yeah. emotionality. Because I'm sick of being in paint all the time. <laughs> she, Gamora's sick of being here, and Zoe Saldana is also sick of being here. Yeah, and the the two mesh very nicely. She's like, I gave you my best performance in Infinity War. I didn't want to come I, back. I was fucking done. I was happy. You were happy. Why am I fucking here? <laughs> She's, uh, and I think that's the biggest like Achilles heel of this mm. of, if anything of this show is that it's a show of this film is that you can tell again through that meta commentary this isn't the ending he had envisioned for Gamora and Star-Lord no. at all and he's had to p- 
pivot into something different. Mm. That largely has Gamora just being like, <sighs> that. that's her characterization is, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. And it comes through in a vocal performance. She appears to be channeling fucking Blackbeard. Because everyone's yep. still with the da-da-da. She and doesn't want to be here. No, man. she doesn't. And, like, for plot purposes, not to give too much of a way, but, like, you, you could have been forgiven for thinking, right, this is going to be a rom-com for the two of them of mm. him, you know, um, like 51st dating her, basically. Yeah. Of like, you don't remember me, but I'm going to make you remember me and fall back in love and da mm. And the film just can't seem to be bothered to do that. It's sort yeah. of like the first initial meeting between the two. And then that's largely like, nah, doesn't matter. And it becomes coincidental more so than anything else. Mm. Gamora feels a little, of all the characters, I think she's the one that's the most maligned in this she's just a, yeah. she's a bit wasted a bit lost in the shuffle for want of a better phrase i i will argue that there is somebody who is way further lost in this shuffle but we'll get to them okay in a moment uh-huh. i gotta say gamora doesn't need to be here and this is like you say this is very much a problem created by the russos mm. Because narratively, I think they built what James Gunn wanted to build here. Yes. A moment in which a decision needs to be made about which way this this pair's on and off, something and nothing relationship yes. goes. And they committed to it. Mm. They had them both go, yes, we are together. We are an item. We are in love. And then immediately ripped it away. Yes. That's beautiful writing. Yeah. No, please do not take any of this as criticism of what they decided to do with these characters in Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. Like, those are two fucking excellent, excellent, excellent films. It sucks that it wasn't what James Gunn wanted to do. And if he had not made stupid jokes when he was 21 <laughs> years old, we wouldn't have had this fucking situation. So no. there's a little bit of blame to pass around to everybody. Mm. But even then, I feel like... Because he can't have his perfect thing, it almost feels like to me he was like, fine, we'll tangentially make reference to it because we kind of got it. Yeah. We've got to address the elephant in the room. But that's about as far as I'm interested in taking that side of this story. I feel like James Gunn needs to come on an episode of Pitch Intense and see how we can roll with the punches. Oh, God, I'd love that. <laughs> James, if you are listening, you're probably a very, very busy man right now, but we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Imagine if that was their first guest. Could you imagine? If a fucking weird, fucking cosmic butterfly effect thing, <laughs> he somehow hears this and goes, you know what, fuck it, yeah, I don't really understand what they're saying most of the time, but I will go listen to them and we'll be on their podcast. Kevin, I need a ticket to Rowley Rowley Regus Regus fucking hell James you're more than welcome even though I don't like your film Um, so (laughs) it's nothing against you James I'm sure Um, no no, it's nothing against James right so who's the person who's more loft in the shuffle Uh, we jump into them is there anything Gamora you want to cover she doesn't need to be Gamora you want to cover (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell there's no like it's that character's arc was done and I feel like yes. I, I hate to do this and this was going to be my big final point. Oh, but, but you know what? I'm going to do it early. Fuck it. If you want a soapbox, Michael, you go for it. I can't help but feel like I did this better. Like, and and, and I've, I recognise that in doing this, I've done exactly what we do every time that we make things is yes. that I made something so beautiful and so perfect in my own opinion, in my heavily flawed opinion, that I can't fucking enjoy the thing I got. To balance out your egoness there, yeah. I'm also going to say, the other day at work, um, we were talking about, oh, you know, there's a bit of traffic on the M5. I was like, it's fine. You've got time to listen to podcasts. I've got to listen to one of my own, actually, on the way back. It was the Mario review. Mm. And someone went, you listen to your own podcast? I went, yes. you got to check back. And someone said, why? I said, 
I genuinely find myself fucking hilarious. So <laughs> why wouldn't I fucking do that? It's like, but you made the jokes. I was like, yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah. I've forgotten most of them. I get to listen to them back. Ha! Good one, Dad. Oh, it's when, it's when you roll back the clock to like one of our episodes from like two, three years ago mm. and something catches you off guard. Oh, right. Okay. We're, we're really, not to brag on, we're really fucking funny. Yeah, we're, we're fully aware of how fucking funny we are. So We're, we're kind of a big deal to <laughs> four people. <laughs> Two of them in this room. Fuck me, do we love you people? <laughs> Genuinely. Oh, 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 one of the, two of the most heartwarming, I'm making a difference things happened. Oh, go on. With regards to this fucking show. Hello. So when I was in Berlin. Um, yeah. And I met up with uh, with friend of the show and uh, previous contributor to Fanstainment of Durham. You didn't fucking tell me that. No, I really should have. <laughs> right. Um He'll love this, by the uh-huh. way. Hi, Habs, how you doing? Uh, so we, we, we... Guten Tag. Guten Tag, or Guten Abend, as it were. Um, Guterich Tag. Oh. <laughs> uh, you can delete the episode now. <laughs> uh, so I met up with Abs whilst we were out there. Yes. Um, and apparently, in terms of like film podcast, he's the one we come to. Like He comes here first. Lovely. He messaged me the other night going, I just got out of Guardians and I need to know when the episode's going up. <laughs> Fuck so, so like he's like unquestionably our biggest fan specifically asked me to set up a patreon so that he can pay us money to make the show i'm like you don't need to give us money no. like this is our hobby this is our wives pay us to do this essentially <laughs> in love and food because they can't have this happen in their house yeah. okay they can't listen to this shit so we have to come here as a vent there's a reason we built the studio <laughs> so we built a bunker so our wives don't have to listen to us doing this in the fucking kitchen basically um it's a beautiful thing so oh he also he also said that he re- you know he really wants to see you soon he's planning oh, yeah, on coming I'm, over next year i I'm think getting to berlin at some point hopefully um but we shall see so our biggest fan is in Berlin. Yes. And then the other day, when we were at the uh, escape room for our one of oh, our friends' yes. birthday, um, somebody said, "Oh, we listened to like I think I think Lee said it and was like, oh, we saw um everything everywhere.' Yes. Based on your advice, I was like, correct. You people have been ragging on this show for years. <laughs> Yeah, don't think whenever we go to a social situation with mutual friends that they all go, oh, I love the recent episodes. Like, wait, you're still doing the podcast? Yeah. Why are you fucking... But no, it happened. They were like, oh, yeah, because we, you know, we listened to the podcast and read the articles. Like, oh, my fucking penis. <laughs> yeah, we fucking smashed an escape room, by the way, lads. Is yeah. this the first time we've recorded since then? I think it is. Is it? I think so. Might be. Yeah, fuck me, did we smash an escape room? <laughs> anyway, who's lost in the shuffle, Michael? Adam Warlock. <laughs> the golden brick. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a sore spot for you. I fucking love Adam Warlock. I could not give less of a shit about Adam Warlock, so mm. I was kind of okay with just making him a silly derp baby. <laughs> and that was fine. Big poopy diaper baby got precisely three fucking scenes. Yeah. You- and James Gunn can't wriggle his way out of this. He teased the fucker at the end of Guardians 2. This was the rod for his own fucking back. I can't imagine this is what he envisioned his Adam Warlock movie would be. I... Will, Will Poulter had to get so fucking jacked to that play this That is the guy. running theme of all Guardians movies. They all get in stupidly good shape and then never take the top off. Like, Chris Pratt went from being Andy Dwyer to fucking, you know, fucking Hercules. And... He's topless for one scene in the first Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy movie, so now this is the penance they have to pay. Yeah, yeah. Will Poulter's had a fucking Neville Longbottom level glow up. Fucking hell, right. he's massive. Yep. 
love to see it. I love Will Poulter. I think he's such a good actor. And they gave him precisely nothing to yeah, work with. I, For what he's given, I think he does really well. And I think it's a, a character I'm like... It's underplayed. The, the, no doubt compared to if you go and play the game, comparing that Adam Warlock to this one. And even on the drive home, I had to go to like Rachel's like, oh yeah, in if they were doing Infinity War comic book style, mm. Adam Warlock's the one who fucking saves everybody. Oh yeah. Not all these other pricks. So to explain that and go, hey, he's gone from that level of comics importance to dumb derp baby in gold cape is a bit of a fucking juxtaposition. I think it works for laughs. And I genuinely think it's just because Peacemaker's to blame for this. Because mm. I think if he hadn't found, I'm going to have a stab at it, Chuck Woody Uwuji. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Chuck Woody Uwuji, I think that's right. Chuck Woody Uwuji. If he hadn't found him Don Peacemaker and said he's one of the best actors he's ever seen and then envisioned him as the high evolutionary, mm. Adam Warlock would have probably been the main antagonist here. Right. So right. that's where to lay the blame, I think. Yeah. I mean... The blame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. In quotes, the blame, because mm. Chuck Woody Iwuji is brilliant. Fuck me, the high evolutionary is good in this. He's he's, ve- he's very well acted. Yes. I'm holding up my finger of distrust. Oh, oh. He's very well acted, but I do think he peaks way too fucking early. And I mean that there's just nowhere left. This man's got great range, and there is nowhere left for him to escalate to. He gets to the point of hysterical screaming Far too fucking early. Which makes me think, oh, maybe there was a second or third or fourth or fifth draft in this that combats that by having more fucking Adam Warlock. That using him as that yeah. intimate... He, he comes in, and this is it makes me equally excited and very fucking worried about the mm. James Gunn Superman movie. Because mm. he, he comes in, and this is the first time the Guardians have had to deal with basically fucking space Jesus Superman. Yes. And he fucking annihilates them. Oh my good fucking God. And that was great. Yes. And then everything after that was fucking shit. And it's like, you had the opportunity to to do that, to, to do the space Superman story. Yeah, yeah. And you could have still kept every ounce of naivety in that character. Yeah, yeah. And not made him a blundering fucking moron in the, yes. in the meantime. Which makes me think, when you get to that point, and it's really fucking early on with the high evolutionaries, ah, it's just all yeah, yeah. out, every bit of vocal range. And you make me think, hmm, if we'd have reached this at the top of the third act, that would have been great. We, we're not even at the final fight, and we're, we're, we're reaching this level of screaming in the room. Right. Wouldn't it have been nice if the first, the the, the villain for the entirety of the first act, and up to that point in the, in the orb, ah, oh, fuck, what was it called? Orthosphere? The, the living planet. The living planet thing. Yushan Vong thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Up to that point, Adam mm. Warlock was the main villain. That would have been better. You could have then had the turn yeah. take place over the, 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 you know, the fall in the second act, the yeah, rise yeah. of the third, and you then could have done your face turn mm-hmm. during that beatdown. Okay. And it'd be a case of, you know, as he got to low, no rocket a little bit better. Yes. The dark side of the high evolutionary making and creating and destroying these species uh-huh. is the is the catalyst to send still a naive and undercooked Adam Warlock onto the good side. You don't get that. No. You do not get that. What you get is one really good fucking scene where he leathers everybody. Yes. Two weirdly fucking slapstick comedical beatdowns. Yeah, yeah. From everybody mm-hmm. 
and then a literal deus ex machina, which yeah. makes sense for this character, right? but was thoroughly unsatisfying. I, I think I'll defer to your opinion on this. I didn't mind it just because I just don't have that connection to Adam Warlock, but like, if they brought Gambit into an X-Men movie and he did like one scene where he just kind of chucked a card once and that was it... Okay, X Men Origins. Yeah. Uh, then you know I'd be I'd be <laughs> rightfully pissed about that. So fair enough. But I didn't mind it just because I think narratively the High Evolutionary is much more interesting than Adam Warlock. Totally is. understand that. And I think he, that um, uh, Jordy does such a good fucking job. Like, I, I I appreciate. Yeah, they probably should have held out the the cerebral side of him a little bit more. Mm. But I actually like that that he's like because we've had a lot of cerebral like bad guys mm. like fucking Killmonger and Thanos who don't reach that thing early. I like the fact that he's always on a knife edge of like, he's such a perfectionist that anything gets a toe out of line, it sends him into a fucking massive hysterical downward spiral that he's mm. not able to get himself out of. I really like that. And I think he's rightfully getting a lot of praise of like, this is the most, well, I've heard people say disturbing. I'm like, well, we don't really have disturbing villains in, in the MCU. Like, Purple Man was, but yeah. that's fucking Netflix. I don't care. Unless, it's, unless it does. Unless it does. Oh, that fucking writer's strike. I'm all for it, lads. Go for it. But you have to like Daredevil. And no, I, was, <laughs> I was all on board. He was like, fucking project after project. I was like, yep, Stranger Things can wait. Blake and wait, wait, Daredevil season four. Relax, get right in the fucking negotiation table now. I'm not having a fucking hero season two shit happen again, right? Fucking get on this shit. I mean, Blade's the new Death Stranding, isn't it? <laughs> it really They're is. not making that movie. It's the new fucking uh, Skull and Bone. It's just going to keep fucking going. Keep fucking going. Um, supposedly, I mean, they've supposedly cast the Fantastic Four. If we get the Fantastic Four reboot and X and true fucking X Men before they saw Blade House, be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? Lads, this is fucking easy. Make him fight vampires. Like, yeah. fucking get on it. Should we just? Well, I don't want to discuss the casting because it is just rumours. Yeah, Apparently, rumors. Reed has been offered to someone. Mm-hmm. I've heard similar things that Sue has been tangentially offered to someone. Yes. Who the fuck knows what they're doing with Thing? If one of the rumours is true. Oh, I've not heard any Thing rumours. No, I genuinely haven't. Would you believe Mila Kunis what? <laughs> has been offered a role as She-Thing. Oh, fuck off. Their gender-bending Ben Grimm. Oh, fuck off. Now, no less an authority than Mila Kunis herself has said that's not true. Okay. But yeah. Camel to the Moon. Camel to the Moon, yeah. So yeah. there's that. And I've heard very little on Johnny Storm. Like Almost nothing. Almost nothing. Because, like... Sue and Sue and Reed have been like the ones that everyone's like jonesing for. Uh, ben has just been like this big like me the Curtis and like everyone running through every Jewish actor they know. And it, I've heard like Jason Siegel, fucking Jason um, the thing. Uh, fucking uh, uh, your boy. Oh my god, Seth Rogen. Um, oh my god, <laughs> is this really what we've got? Andy Samberg. <laughs> Why not? Jim from American Pie. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Which I was like. Why not? American Pie actors having late career resurgences is now a thing, so why the hell why not? Why not? Um, but yeah, Johnny Storm, I've heard, like... Nothing. Nothing. There's that There's that kind of, like, the fan casting of, like, what if we got back here from? It's like, we're too late on that yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be somebody Spider-Man's age. Yes. That's what we've got to aim for. Um, ah, fuck it, we're into it now. Uh, apparently they've offered Adam Driver Reed Richards. Yep. And I'm like... I like Adam Driver more than I think that's good casting. So I'm like, I'm into <laughs> yeah. it because it's him as opposed yeah. to I think, oh, that's, your, that's a good choice. Yeah. 
an apparently big balls on the fucking table move they've offered Margot, Margot Robbie, Robbie Sue Storm. Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. That's... You got you got to wonder how because like because if they do that long enough, if they get both of those yeah, characters yeah, yeah. and they do that story long enough, and they have to introduce like Franklin. Apparently, there is a dra- the current draft of the script already has Franklin and uh, Valeria in it. That they're already parents. I I say this knowing exactly how bad this is going to mm. sound. They are going to have to find some aggressively attractive kids. <laughs> <laughs> to conceivably be the child, the offspring of Adam Driver and Margot Robbie. Those two will create the perfect fucking Ooh. beings. Not to agree with that sentence, but I do agree with that sentence. (laughs) (sighs) That's the only Marvel movie I I demand a sex scene from. God, I wish we could end this this episode now because it's not not getting better than that. (laughs) Oh, boy. I finally found a way to explain to potentially both of their wives mm. why Fantastic Four matters. Because to them, it's yeah. been, well, there have been three shit, shit. movies yeah, yeah, from yeah. some lame characters. And I'm like, hear me out. The Fantastic Four are Black Sabbath. Hear yeah, no, that, that, that does actually work right? for me. That They're important because they were first. Mm. And everything else, even though metal's got in every different way, and you've probably, I don't think many people's favourite band is actually Black Sabbath. And they've gone all these different fucking ways, but you have to pay homage to them because they were the first and they mm. are the most important. And I even managed to make it work even more because I'm like, you've got to see the fucking, the, the shitty ones and Fanforstic as the Osbournes. Mm. Like, this should have tanked him. Mm. Like, everyone should have written him off as this fucking doddy old idiot who walks around and goes, Sharon! But I nearly put an accent on even though it's my accent. Um <laughs> I mean, right? Is it? Yeah. That that should have that should have been the death knell for him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all you need to do is hear paranoid, and then mm. you're like, "Well, fuck it, Ozzy Osbourne is blacked out from their fucking rules." <laughs> yeah. So out he comes like a fucking marionette puppet, and I yes. couldn't be happier that we have the Commonwealth Games. Like, now, you know, don't get me wrong. If this one's shit, then it's time to write <laughs> up the Fantastic Four and go, "Okay, yeah. it can't be done." It turns out it's outdated. Well, though we do it, we do know it can be done. It's already been done. It's it was just done by Pi- yeah, It was a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. can be fucking done. Yep. And I wish Brad Bird's live action stuff was better so we could get him in the director's chair, but it's not. When so they announced no. he was doing Tomorrowland, I was like, this is the movie that proves he can do it. And then it didn't. <laughs> and then it really, <laughs> crucially, really, really fucking did. Crucially, was fucking boring. <laughs> oh, right. We haven't even got through casting yet. We are fucking 45 <laughs> minutes in. Right, Batista, yes. he's back. He's Drax. Yep. He has a nice arc and he gets to be funny. Cool. He's yep. very fucking done with being Drax. Oh, he's, all. he's super, super done. Super done with being Drax. But I think he has a nice arc. It's not a big major thing that we might have been anticipating for him, but I think it's got a nice ending for that character. I think I would have liked to have seen the arc he has in this one uh, kind of directly after Guardians 1 because I felt like that kind of got the perfect mix of what Drax is. That, yeah. I mean, in the books, he's really not that funny. Um, he's far more tragic a character, yeah. so I kind of like the invention of just making him so uber serious that he has no idea that he's being a fucking klutz. Yes. Um, and then two really went the way of going, he just laughs at everything. Yeah. And this, 
by the end, gets it to a position where I really like it, but it's a fucking yep. long drive there. It, it's, I, I feel like, yeah, if you skip everything else and just watch one and three, tonally it's a different shift for the character, but it feels like a logical endpoint for where that character was, where yes. it ends up in this film. I think if you so. you could do one Infinity War and this, and that feels like a really nice through yes. line for Drax. I would agree. Mantis, I think, has improved dramatically thanks to the... If the Christmas specially... Um, added nothing other than this it was worth it because Mantis is now a much more fun character than yeah. she was in two yeah not saying she wasn't fun in two but like she's now basically Drax's comedy psychic <laughs> yeah. I think um Pong Clementine does a really good job again of just being very very fun she does they they don't do enough with the big thing from yes the, the holiday special in yeah. fact they reference it once and gone yeah, it's like, Peter, you've got family on Earth. He, what he should have said was, bitch, I have family here. Over there. <laughs> I'm related to the bug lady. Yep. And they don't really do anything with no. that. The problem is, is that I really like Pom Clementine. I just think she's really funny. I feel like, because he's already said that someone from the Guardians is in Superman Legacy. I feel like Pom Clementine is the one he carries around with him everywhere. So <laughs> I feel like it's her. I don't know who she is. Mm. I don't know who she could be. She's not really got Lois energy. No. And I don't think she'd really cast Plum Clementine as a bad person, necessarily. So. Are they casting her as Kara? Are they do, could they potentially do the Supergirl movie with her? Potentially. I wouldn't be against that, because she's already played Fish Out of Water really well. Yeah. So. I would say gender flip Jimmy Olsen, but Jimmy Olsen sucks ass, so no. <laughs> yeah. um, any hoozle. God, we're distractible. Yeah. Um, and then, who's left? Oh, Ursula. Ursula? Ursula? Ursula. Fucking Ursula. Um, Nebula. Nebula. Why yeah. are I always calling her? Anyway, Nebula, it, it feels like a bit of a regression back to I just want you to, and Karen Gillan to be angry. I guess. I don't know. I, I got to say that I think Nebula and Karen Gillan have been kind of like flying under the radar, giving actually a really great performance yeah. throughout all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is, is that they've matured they matured Nebula, both Nebula and Rocket, to a point where they don't need the Guardians, which I, no. which I guess which what makes this film, amongst other problems, feel a little bit disjointed. Is that mm. They've had five years' worth of trauma to deal yes. with that they are not unpacking here uh-uh. for no reason. Um, so Nebula's really sped along, you know, has, has, has had a chance to ingratiate, be a survivor of a ridiculous horrific tragedy to ingratiate herself to a group of people that she had no idea who they were almost kind of like she had her own version of the guardians with the avengers Mm -hmm. and then is brought back brings everybody back including her sister including the rest of this team that she kind of got to know pretty well during the course of guardians 2 and she kind of now feels a little bit like a caretaker mum. yeah and like yeah i kind of like it but ultimately, I now, as much as I love Karen Gillan, you've done every outside of killing Nebula. Yes. You've done everything with that character. Yes, you have seen it through to the end. Uh-huh. She does not need to be here. She really kind of had. She literally killed a past version of herself in the end game. Yes, which fucking symbolism. Yeah. much. they they finished her arc. Mm-hmm. What else was there I, to do? Fair enough, and I don't feel she has the kind of. She, they they have an arc for her, and she ends up in a place, but it doesn't feel all that different from the start of the movie mm. necessarily. Yeah. Um. There we are. Right. I think that's all the major cast done. Um. Well, St- Stallone's back for a bit. <laughs> he sure is back in a CGI helmet. He is. Uh, Miley Cyrus is no longer voicing the floaty head thing. Nope. Um, Tara Strong. 
Yep, I mean, fair enough. You're yeah. going to get a voice actor and get Tara Strong. I get it. Um, Cosmo is uh, here. I still like Cosmo. <laughs> it's not it's not the Cosmo I know, but at least it's fun. Yes. They've the, they've got a great running gag with this where Craglin keeps calling her a bad dog. And it really pisses her off. And it's really pissing off everybody on Nowhere. <laughs> Dude, you can't just fucking say that. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> um, do, we, do we want to talk about some of the people in the, in the flashback real quick? Or is that a little... Spoilery. Oh, it's hard to say because they've put out they put out a clip. Of they all did. Four of them. So um, you see Lila. You do. You had a much bigger role in your um, version of this than she does ultimately in this movie. Yeah, emotionally, um, I feel like they're kind mm-hmm. of on the same wavelength. But runtime, she's confined to a very specific part of this film, mm-hmm. and I still think it really works. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't what I expected. Which one? I did not expect uh, Asim Chowdhury to be playing a walrus that can't blink properly. <laughs> Bit of a weird one, that, isn't it? That's a choice. Um, <laughs> Is that what the MCU's new thing, instead of stealing people from Game of Thrones, it's going to be stealing people from Taskmaster? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Good. Um, I, I'm doing badly on this season of Taskmaster. I backed Mike from Ghost and he's not doing well. Oh, no. <laughs> Whereas uh, Rachel backed May Martin and they are doing very well. So that's uh, it. We, we both wanted Frankie Boyle and we couldn't get him. Yeah. So anyway. Um, and then we have Teeths. Mm. No, not Teeths. Teeth is the... Is the walrus uh, floor? Floor. <laughs> that is too, too many head crab from Toy Story flashbacks for my liking. Right, like, <laughs> like that. When that's revealed, that is like genuinely fucking creepy. Body horror shit. I already don't like spiders. I don't need that on top of you it. You don't need rabbit uh, spiders Spide- with Hannibal Lecter faces. <laughs> it's terrifying, it, right? And it crawls out the darkness in this dank fucking scene. But like, narratively, ugh. I understand why they've done it. You've got to have these four be. The lowest of the lowest of the lowest of the low. I mean, narratively, it's Floor that got me the closest to tears at this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a... And I... There is a desperation in that character, Uh which I can't talk about yet. No. And it fucking got me, man. I was like, this is... I mean, it's not the closest a Guardians movie has got me to crying before. No. Um, But that's because volume two cheated. And it used Father and Son oh, by Cat yes, Stevens. It did. That that um, song makes me weepy. Um but like this oh, it's just the performance on that. It's just it it's it's just twisting the fucking yeah, knife. I, I get it. It's 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 <laughs> So I just realised we did skip over Elizabeth Debicki. Thanks for turning up. <laughs> Cheers, lad. I hope that was worth getting in the gold paint for your one line of dialogue. I imagine she got paid handsomely, I'm sure she's fine. Probably. But why are you here? Why we was bring it up? Do you want the music was a big part of all of these films. It sure was. You tried to guess it and got it mostly wrong. <laughs> entirely Enti- wrong. I was going to be nice, but yeah, you're entirely wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't get one track. I think I think on the extended version on Spotify, yes. there is a Three Dog Night song, and I had a different Three Dog Night song. Right. Um, and that's as close as I can. It isn't, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I think that's the one that's on the playlist, and I chose ah. Mama Told Me Not To Come. Right. Um, oh, I didn't realise that was Three Dog Night. Well, well, anyway, you now see what they have in this movie. Yes. Happy, sad, indifferent? Uh, don't like it. Oh! <laughs> I Again, okay, okay, I'm, swi- I'm switching out of review mode. Let's go into fanboy mode. Way to kill the fucking identity of the Guardians movies is this kind of, this, and I get it, it's retro, it's kitsch, and no other film was doing it, this kind of jukebox soundtrack, yeah, yeah, yeah. much like the Guardians, to the point that, Every fucking film is doing it. Yes. So now Guardians kind of needs to pivot and do something different. Yeah. 
And I get what James Gunn was doing at the point in Guardians 2 where they crushed the Walkman and introduced the Zune. Yes. It is the it is letting the past go and embracing the future, even though it's a Zune. Yeah. I get it. It was fun. It was cute. What the fuck is this soundtrack? It feels less laser focused than the last one. Did. I cannot wait for this film to come out on mm. um on digital so that I can yes. rip the music out of it and put my fucking soundtrack in. There is the there is a great sequence in this movie. You know exactly which one I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. Where I cannot help but rem- but remember that I put kickstart my heart at that point in the, yeah. in the of the action. Yes. And how much fucking better that would have been than um now sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah. I I feel like it's got more recognizable songs than the other two put together basically. But they don't necessarily... But I think that one works, but I think that's more the action just so good they could have put fucking 99 Luft Balloons over the top of it and it would have fucking worked. It actually would have, that's the uh, thing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Creep by Radiohead is one of my least favourite songs of all fucking time, so yep. screw that. I'm glad Florence the Machine are getting a fucking paycheck. <laughs> I love that fucking song, and I think it works so fucking well at the end of the movie. Again, not really on point in terms of era of songs that these films have been pulling from but oh it works at the end i think you could have started to scale the the songs more and this is the i think this is inherently a problem at conception level is that the implication is that this is the music the rocket raccoon has been listening to for five years yes so cool Mm. fantabulous if they'd have put some of that a bit more into endgame that would have made a bit more narrative sense fair i think what you should have done not to tell you how to do your job, James, is progressively bring the music further and further forward in time as the movie goes on, uh-huh. as you make that transition from this being Star-Lord's playlist to Rocket's playlist. Uh-huh. The problem is, is that, like you say, it opens up with Radiohead. Things can only get bad. Yeah, so, I agree with that. I think... I mean, it, things, it doesn't flow. I think what was great about the the volume two soundtrack is that like unlike the first one which was oh david bowie oh fucking yeah jackson five and all it's fun and cute and kitschy and redbone haven't heard them in years and then part two was like fucking glenn johnson who the fuck's that i've never heard of silver yeah brandy from a band that hadn't performed in 35 years yes and it's like and it and it bent each of those songs around the scenes and it like that is the best way you could have used the song yes and it informed the soundtrack oh sorry the soundtrack informed the movie yes this is very much just we chose some songs this leans more it's it's not as egregious as the original like 2016 suicide squad but yeah. just like we want painted black now oh no that was black adam sorry yes we want painted black now or like we want bohemian rhapsody now see i i feel like that he, he must have put more thought into than that it comes across that way in some of the scenes of like oh you just wanted you really wanted rainbow there didn't you I love that fucking song. I love that fucking song. This thing they keep picking songs I really like, so I find it hard to criticise. Like I just like those songs. And Space Hogs in the meantime, which was on the first trailer, and like at the point it appears, I'm like, yeah, this is a great song. It's like, but it doesn't inform the action. In fact, in some scenes, the song finishes and then they just cut to another location of dialogue. I'm like, this doesn't flow. No, it's not as it's not as seamless as the first two were. Um, It it feels a little rough around the edges slightly, but. It's not the worst thing. It lacks the focus, I think. And I I don't feel like I've discovered a song thanks to this film as I did with the first two. That's what I think it's main. It's more you're happy about a good song appearing, like Rainbow. And And Florence is getting paid, so happy day. (laughs) Florence is getting paid. So yeah, no, not my favourite. Really far from my favourite. 
Fair enough. Is there anything you want to touch on before we get into what I imagine will be a lengthy spoilers uh, discussion? Uh, we are. We are already minutes. 54 minutes Let's in. Let's not do that, shall banging. we? Banging. I still think, I, mean, I think you're still going to give it a recommendation as a critic. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's easily the strongest movie of. Wait, are we in a new phase yet? Uh, we started a new phase with Quantumania. We did. It's fucking. <laughs> it's better than Quantumania. It's better than Quantumania. I'd say it's better than Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'd say this is comfortably the best one since No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, No Way Home. Fucking stupid naming mechanics. Yeah, um, it's definitely the best one since then. I feel like it's good. We now haven't had a well. I was about to say we're back in the swing of things. Then I keep remembering what's next. It's the fucking Marvels. And it's the sequel to the worst MCU film, not called The Eternals. That trailer makes it look like it was filmed on a £10 budget as I well. I get it. My but God. I like Kamala Khan. I like fucking um, uh, Maria and or Monica Rambeau. I can yep. never remember which one it's it is. That one's, that Maria. one's Maria. No, that one's Monica. Monica Rambeau. And I like Brie Larson in other things. Mm. She's in the fucking goated movie of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. But mm, <laughs> Kamala Khan's going to be fucking <laughs> carrying this thing on his back. I mean, Secret Invasion doesn't even look that sexy. So no. he's got a lot of good. He's got a good cast, but mm. I'm like, um, so we shall see. But at the very least, I like it. I think it is now. I'd put it at probably third of the MCU trilogies that are all good. Because Avengers has got three great movies, but it's a quadrilogy, and there's Age of Ultron you have <laughs> yep. to fucking get over. Yeah. So I'd say yeah, probably Cap first. Cap and Spider Man interchangeable. Yeah, I think I think Cap ultimately. Yeah. I mean, Spider Man's in the last Cap movie. He is. I think that's the main thing. But then, like, very close second is yep. Spider Man. And then I'd say Guardians is third. Yeah. All good. All happy. Lots of recommendations. Spoiler alert! No one. Dies. Uh, well, I was going to leave in uh, a second, but okay. yes, ultimately, no one dies. Not a We got out. Yeah. All of them are fine. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? How did that happen? If anything, narratively, probably could have done with a few. Narratively and professionally, just to make double fucking sure that these characters are dead. Uh, there's always a way, Michael. There's Wolverine's back. Hugh Jackman's back. <laughs> there's always a way. Yeah. What the fuck? We were eating our better Italia going... This is nice. Hopefully, we'll have this happy memory before all the guardians yep. die for our pleasure in the next three hours. <laughs> yeah, no one. We've been baiting this in the show. Like yeah. I was ready to have my feelings very much hurt. I did, just not in the way I thought. They're all fine. Everyone lives. Everyone's fine. None of them are living together. I thought for sure. I was like, surely Rocket dies, right? I thought two things I would have guaranteed. Rocket dies, but before he does that, he's going to blow the higher illusionist's head off. Mm. Like Deadpool style. Like, I don't want him to do the big upper ground, you know, higher ground, or leave him to die in some accident thing. No, he's just going to fucking blow his head straight off his shoulders. Yeah. Neither of those things happen. And I'm like, okay, Rocket, it's a happy ending for Rocket. And, and as much as narratively it would have been interesting to see him die... I'm happy that he, after just having such a shit time in this movie, he ends in a happy place as yes. the new leader of the new Guardians. Which I, I, I gotta say, of the things with that ending, yeah. that's the bit I like the most. We didn't talk about Groot once. Um, <laughs> oopsie poopsie. Um, I mean, you can't really talk about the best things to happen to Groot without going to spoilers anyway, so it's Very okay. good point, very good point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, he would have been the... I thought Drax would have been the one. This is my problem, right? They mm. fake out 
half the fucking cast. I'll give them that. They do a good job, at least, of if they if they didn't intend to kill anybody, they at least give you a fear spot for every single one of them to die. I wouldn't. I wonder if there was a draft of this that had a higher body count. I would imagine so. There is a grim one that's locked in a box somewhere in Kevin Feige's office that has all of them die. Yeah, that Drax dies in yeah. the orthosphere. Nebula dies piloting the thing. Star-Lord dies yep. in the cold vacuum of space. Yes. What if only he got his fucking helmet? Oh, fuck me. Yeah, like, that was. Rocket dies at the hands of other evolutionary. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a fucking dark version 100%, of this script. But instead they went with like the Wayne's World happy ending of like, no, everyone, everyone's fine. Everyone gets what everyone's they want. Everyone's okay. Even my version had two deaths. It did. You killed Drax and Lila? I think I killed Lila. I killed Star-Lord as well. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, he's the only one that definitively isn't dead and he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. So Chris Pratt definitely wanted more money. The man never turns down a paycheck. <laughs> he never knowingly <laughs> turns down work. So he was, of course, coming back. Is but, he oh, now right. the most employable person in Hollywood? Probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I thought Nebula, do anything you can do with that character, chop her head off. Yep. Drax, I was like, no, he's been too funny. Mm-hmm. He's not dying at an emotional high point of his story. So he's fine. Unless they're taking a Rogue One approach to this of like anyone can die at any moment. I was like, no, he, unless he's unless he takes a serious turn and tries to do something heroic, Drax is fine. Mantis, I just feel, doesn't have the, the narrative weight of Mantis dying doesn't really do anything yeah. unless she's killed for like motivation for the other ones. Which I'm like, let's not just kill women so that the men have something to yeah. fight for. So, good. Also, weirdly, Manus has got to be one of the strongest guardians, right? Like that ability is fucking. Yeah. OP. it's fucking OP. It's got a. It's got a bit of a caveat of like you have to be able to. You have to be in range of them yeah, to do it. You have to them. touch them, but yeah, she's now got three fucking raftars with her or whatever the fucking calls them. Obelisks. Uh, ob- uh, obelisks. 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 She's got three of them with her now. So yep. yeah, she's pretty much the most powerful one of the three of them now. <laughs> But yeah. Like, Every single character lives. They didn't even kill the fucking dog. Which would have been... No. Considering that they killed the fucking otter, walrus, and yep. weird spider rabbit. You'd yes. have thought, oh, they're, they're putting a bullet in Cosmo. This nope. is going to be a dreadful fucking rage. This is their Coulson moment. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmo goes down. Even technically speaking, the high evolutionary doesn't die. Like... I think it's pretty definitively exploded, but, right? But un- unless you see the body, no one is definitively dead. No, no, he has to be dead because you know damn well they are in a room right now trying to retroactively make him Kang. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. I'm not. I'm not saying that they could just easily replace Jonathan Majors and just go. Oh, t- the High Evolutionary was one of Kang's variants, and they can't that- address him. At least, so yeah, it wouldn't be. Mm. He seems a safer pair of hands, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> yeah, we've decided to look like this now. And that's all we're talking on that one. Moving on. Um, Quick, look at Rhodey. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope they get Terence Howard back for Secret Invasion. And that's, oh. that's a, but like, no one acknowledges, like, well, that's just Rhodey. <laughs> the whole way through. <laughs> it turns out the MCU is incredibly racist and can tell two black people apart. <laughs> And he's been a scroll since Iron Man 2 and no one fucking noticed. (laughs) They won't do that. They won't do that. I'd kind of love it if they did. Um, Yeah, so, spoiler boys, like, yeah, no one one dies. No one dies. We get a happy ending for everybody. Yep. I I feel like I shouldn't be complaining that we got a happy ending, but if this was the end, the end, the end, the end, 
I feel like it could have packed more narrative weight than you chose to give it. You, you chose to tell a, a happy ending story for Rocket as opposed to a definitive ending for The Guardians, which is two, I admit, two very separate and different movies. But until I see what that second one could have been, I don't know which one I would have preferred. Mm. I know which one I think you would have preferred. I need to cast your mind back to around 2018, 2017. Okay. Where in in the lead-up to the release of Infinity War, uh-huh. Kevin Feige said, Infinity War and, and its sequel offers something the MCU never has never had before, an ending. Yes. And then need to bring you forward to the last two years where... James Gunn mm. said, this is my last Guardians movie. This yes. is a final goodbye to the Guardians. Yeah. This is the end of the trilogy. And then I need you to evaluate those two products. Mm. The problem, and I don't, I, I'm not saying this because I wanted more characters to die or because yeah. I expected or because I'm bitter that my version killed characters and this one didn't. What I'm saying is that what made this as important Endgame, and I would argue nothing. Mm. There were no stakes. I mean, the genuine fear that Rocket was going to die. I feel like retroactively, you can get look back and say, "No, there weren't no stakes because he doesn't." Yeah. So, mm. in retrospect, you kind of lose that. Fair enough. Yeah. But you're right. I think this is the thing. It's like, is this as if this is it? Right, and only Star Lord is ever seen again. Is it a narratively satisfying? It's 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 a toss up between. Is it the most narratively satisfying ending it could have been, or is it satisfying enough that it's okay? If we never see these gardens again, do we feel there was missed opportunities? Hmm. I don't think there is because, like I said, there's a few characters we went through there. It was like Nebula has done everything she can possibly do. Yeah. Drax has done that. Mantis has done that. Group pretty much isn't a character, so that's fine. And now Rocket has finished it. This ending for Rocket gives... They, That's they... closure on the arc. Yes. If Star-Lord's the one going forward, I don't know what you do with him, but like... His arc's done. Yeah, this right? Is what, this is why in my... Ver- Again, I hate to do it, and I know, I know I've ruined this for myself. Uh-huh. I was given free reign to write what my, what I thought was the perfect Guardians movie. Yes. I have now ruined that because I believe that that should always end with Peter Quill sacrificing himself for the team. Yes. And this movie cock teased that mm. so fucking hard that his decision to go back to earth something he does not do in the books right something he actively avoids his parentage his history to live in the now that is what makes pete quill an interesting character mm-hmm. he lives in the now and he, he fights for his friends he doesn't fight for his family right whether that is the stupid fucking decision to make him the son of the Spartax in the books, yes. whether that is the movie version where he runs away from Earth at the point his mother dies and runs away. And at the one time where he did go back to his blood heritage, it almost killed the fucking universe. Yes. That's what makes Peter Quill so fucking interesting. For, him, for them to go, for that, for this movie to go, okay, your daughter, your daughter, your fucking sister is Mantis. All of these fucking weirdos from all corners of the universe, this is your new family. And the trailer baits this. The trailer baits the, a mixing of a line from Guardians 1 and a new line. And it's the line from Guardians 1, and it's the exact same fucking recording that says, I look around and you know what I see. In Guardians 1, that ends with losers. In the trailer for Guardians 3, it says, family. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cheat. That's perfect. That's Peter Quill. Yes. 
Gotta go see my granddad now. Bye, 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 bye. What a fucking wet fart of an I... ending for this character. Not only was he robbed... I'm sorry to do this. Not only was he robbed of being the main character of this fucking series, as the leader he fucking should have been... Mm-hmm. You also just go, you know what? Let's fucking assassinate his character on the way out and bring him back for a sequel no one fucking wants. I hate this decision. Mm. I truly detest what they have done to Star-Lord because I was interested in seeing that character go through that low point. He lost, you know, he lost his, the love of his life. He's about to lose his best friend. That's a Peter Quill that goes all fucking out and doesn't forget his fucking helmet. <laughs> he goes all out, and he was neutered for this fucking movie. Yeah. I feel so sorry for Chris Pat. I think he was denied the definitive performance mm. for this character. And now he's expected to drag it out under some new writer who, let's be real, doesn't has got less of a chance of understanding who Peter Quill is than James Gunn has. I hated <laughs> god this is much what you must have felt like when i was reviewing dominion of just this yeah. fucking bile for my favorite thing i can't help but feel a little bit like the high evolutionary like, no it's not perfect yeah, it yeah. like i can't help but feel like i might be seeing myself in the yeah, little, little bit else. little bit that's probably what's triggering you here but that's fine i i it's the thing i don't disagree but that's it. I'm not as tied to... Clearly, yeah, 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 I'm not yeah, yeah. as tied to all of this. <laughs> so I think I can take a bit more of a relaxed kind of... T- I agree, like, what is there to do for Chris Pratt in, in any X movie he's going to yeah. appear in it's next? Like the legendary Starlord will return, like, to do what exactly? Be a face on the poster for Avengers because we don't have Chris... Um, we don't have Chris Evans and we don't have Robert Downey Jr. anymore, so yeah. we need Chris Pratt and we need... Um, Bendit Cumberbatch and yeah, fucking Adam Driver, I guess, yeah. and so on. You know exactly what it's, his reintroduction is, and it's going to be just like ju- during during the Kang thing, whatever yes. form that takes. Just like, oh god, guys, what's happening? As he's in like kind of half shitty style, or he was like, oh, you're here, oh, oh yeah, you're that, you're that guy, exactly that. Is everybody who was in that? Yeah, the only person who would recognize him is Strange. Yes. So Strange will be like, oh, you're that guy from space. Yeah. That's that, it. That, that, That's is it. It. that is uh, all it will be. <laughs> you're the one who kept punching Thanos in the face and yeah. ruined the, the universe for five years. Oh, great. The multiverse is collapsing and we've got the guy who fucked it last time. Yeah. Like, that's... that's what it's going to be. I mean, you could pivot him into a Nova movie. I feel like you've... you've... And this is this is one of my greater kind of complaints with this is it makes yes. the the cosmic scale of Marvel feel very yes. very small. Mm. I feel like if you were going to introduce Nova, you should have already done it. Yeah. And this it, it, in my version, in my version, <laughs> the idea that the Novas started operating in the gaps between uh, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Like five years passed. There mm. were no Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So the last remaining Nova soldier went, fuck it, I'll make my own team. Yeah. That's the what you go, they're still do, they've been doing things the yes. whole time. And then you have that crossover of like, oh, the, the dashing space rogue mm. is a man called Nova. It's not Star Lord. Everybody forgot who Space Prince was. Uh-huh. Like that's that's funny. And and now, if you introduce Nova now, you just got to do a straight shoot origin movie, yeah. and it feels like a lesser version of the Star Lord story. 
Basically, yeah. So I mean, it's making the sp- it's making space feel small again. I don't care about Nova. So I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice to be detached from things from time to time. Yes, isn't yeah, it? it's good, isn't it? Ah, this is lovely. Um, I don't have anything. I, I will say I find the the first post credit scene, so the Rocket Guardians mm. of uh, himself, Kraglin, Alpha Groot, Adam Warlock, and I thought it was Moon Dragon. But it's not. Mm. It's like Faisal or something. Phyla. Phyla, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Of like, tonally weird that we spent the entire movie not mistreating animals and saving all the animals basically off the arc in the fucking, at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that then, was fucking dumb. <laughs> let's just mow down all these animals. I was like, this is, I think they try and pass it off as like, well, these people have got no defense against these animals. So I guess we'll have to slaughter them. I was like. This feels tonally fucking weird. Yeah, and right. a tonal and a, and a fucking tonal problem of your own fucking design. You could have made them robots. Yeah, you know what I mean. They didn't yeah. have to be animals. You could have made them space pirates. You could have made them anything. Yes, you, you would have been. They fine. were all CG anyway. Exactly. It doesn't fucking matter. It could have been fucking. It could have been the brood, right? Fucking oh, murder mate. the brood. That would have that. Yeah, that was a fun way to fucking put that in. There you go. But no, that was tonally weird. And second of all, I mentioned it earlier. When they went to the living planety thing and everything in it is like not technology but living things, fuck me, do I want a Star Wars story that has the use on Vong? Just please do that because <laughs> that's their whole fucking deal is that they're unstoppable because they don't use technology, they use living things. <laughs> and it's the only expanded universe thing I want. Okay, lads, that's all I need. You, you've brought through everything else. You're like, just do the use on Vong, please. Thank you. <laughs> what do they appear in? So they're in like Legends comics. They're like the thing that happened to the galaxy after Return of the Jedi in right. Extended stuff. And they come from, like, not a... They come from another universe, basically. Is that kind of a pre-Air to the Empire thing? Basically, yes. Okay. They come in, they they don't believe in technology, so everything they have is, like, like that planet. It's all living tissue, and they figured out how to use hyperspace, basically by using the hyperspace whales and all this stuff. And they fucking annihilate half the universe within, like, a year. Like, they are unstoppable, because... We only have technology. They have living things. Mm. And it's dope. I want <laughs> that, please, and thank you. Anything else you want to add? You've been soapboxing a lot, and I want you to get everything off your chest, because clearly this meant I'm, I'm a lot gonna, to you. I'm going to check my notes. Check the notes. Um, we have other things to talk about when we get to our next episode. We are doing The Mandalorian as well today. I was about to start talking about Star Wars Celebration, but we've probably vented and veered enough in this podcast about that, so I'll <laughs> save that for the Mando episode. Yeah, the the uh, so a couple of notes that I got was that, yeah, the, the film stops logic to force the soundtrack in. Mm. It's got a, a weird kind of back and forth between an Aria choir track, then a 90s song, then another yeah. Aria track, then a 90s song that didn't feel like they used... I don't think the Guardians theme plays in this movie. The Guardians have a theme. No, the da, 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 oh da, yes. Da, da. I don't think that plays in this I part. I think you're right. Um, I really wish people would have died. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a weird one. Um, <laughs> sorry, just this this note just because uh, I'd seen the trailer just before. And I just put. I just want to say that the Marvels looks as exciting as a root canal. It doesn't look great. Did you get the Oppenheimer trailer, the full one? Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, fucking hell, that looks dense. <laughs> Have you seen that Scorsese's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be nearly... Four odd hours. Yeah, I'm like, for fuck. No. I'm going to have to watch that, aren't I? I'm just not looking forward to all the people making it sound like they're going off to fucking war when they're going to go watch it. And I'm like, oh, lads, come on now, it's a film, for fuck's sake. You're not fucking, you know, you're not going over the top, are you, lads? <laughs> no. Um, 
I think that the 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 final point is that it, it kind of, it feels very oddly stitched together, and I can't help but feel that that is entirely because of problems out of hands of the creatives. Mm. The the James Gunn hire and refire, the you know the having to deal with things that were set up in well set up and concluded in the Infinity War saga. Yeah. The placement of this in the MCU changing. You know, this should have been very quickly after uh, uh, Endgame and yes. actually is quite a few, an entire phase removed yes. because of all these problems. Uh-huh. And I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that all of these things were were, were just a product of a really unfortunate time in this yes. film's cooking. And then James Gunn went on Twitter. Uh-huh. And started answering yes or no questions right. with regards to Guardians 3. Yes. And I think someone flat out said, did you get to do everything that yes. you wanted to do? And he just said, yeah. So this is James Gunn's perfect version of the story. Uh-huh. And I recognise that as two people obsessed with comic books, mm-hmm. we're not always going to agree. Yeah. And I don't agree with what James Gunn thinks is the perfect ending to this story. Yeah. And I'm never going to see my version. This isn't a Legends Arceus situation. No. I, di- I didn't will that film into existence. No. That I don't... I got I got a lot of the things I asked for. I got an ending to the team. I got a ways to introduce a new team. I got the High Evolutionary. I got Adam Warlock. I can't help but feel that there is a cursed monkey's paw out there that is now a clenched fist. Yes as all the bits I was the most excited about yeah. are all the bits I fucking hated in this film. And right. all the bits I wasn't necessarily going to latch yes. onto turned out to be all the greatest bits. I, I, was, I feel so weird about this film. I did not walk into this house today expecting this to be the podcast we record. I left the number one spot free. <laughs> I didn't write... The number one spot on my top ten of the year. Yeah, I kept it. I, 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 you know, in like kind of a vacant gap. Yep, right at the top, because I was like, "Don't worry, Guardian soon." It is not there. I've just realised you've got this in the draft. I've yeah. dodged a bullet because I had a brain fart during the casting. Where I've, what I should have said is, if you take Tears of the Kingdom away from me, I will take Guardians three. But you focus on Spider Man now. Just. For my own gratification, if I'd have threatened that, mm. would you have given me Tears of the Kingdom if I could have given you Guardians? Uh, or would you have would you have stuck to your smarter tactics? Oh yeah, as far no, as we were aware, I'm forcing you to watch Carmen Rider this year. Fucking no, <laughs> it's not. It's not going well, lads. It's not going. So well. you actually no. To be fair, you've had probably one of your better performing things this year. You've had Jedi Survivor come out. And it got I have. I haven't even put good reviews. It did. Uh, Mando season three also got better than expected critic reviews. We, I mean, you'll have to hear our podcast to hear our opinions. Obviously, <laughs> nearly gave the game away. Then fucking hell. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I've, I've I've recovered, but I had such a bad start mm. that I don't know. We have got Spider Verse coming. That can change yeah, things. Yeah, you took that from me. I did. <laughs> so that can that can change things. But here's the thing, right? So I've been keeping up on the draft, uh-huh. uh huh. And Guardians of the Galaxy three is actually my least b- best performance. It is uh-huh. by far and away the worst performing thing behind. And I want you to prepare for this statement. Mm-hmm. 
it is a clear over 10 points critically behind Shin Kamen Rider. <laughs> Although, I need to check with you that you're okay with what I've done Because I'm guessing Metacritic didn't. There is no Metacritic score. That's there fine. is no Rotten Tomatoes score. His, okay, for everybody who enjoys how we make this show, which is entirely of Durham and nobody else. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So, Shin Kamen Rider has a grand total of, count them, three reviews. Wow. Um, ju- the, now, do you accept these as sources? The Japan Times. Yes. The Anime News Network. Yes. IGN Japan. That's fine. You're happy with I all of that? I will take those? that as a consensus on that show. The Japan Times gave Shin Kamen Rider a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. I'm taking that to be a 70. Yeah. Anime News Network gave it a B+. Plus. I looked at the uh, UK GCSE grading. <laughs> Yeah. And I worked that out as uh, an upper 70s movie, but it's not, but it has to be above 75 and below 80. So I put it at 77. Okay, that's fine. IGN Japan gave it a 7 out of 10. Yeah. That's a 70. Now, all you need to say is that's fine because I, as you remember, I chose WrestleMania Night 2 and I've got off one review of it. Okay. It's from Dave Meltzer, who is. The wrestling critic, yeah, 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 and he's has basically reviewed every single wrestling match of note since I think 1985. Wow! So okay. if there's anybody who is okay to be the sole measuring stick, it's him. It is Dave. So that's how I've done night two. Okay, I should have picked night one because that's <laughs> a lot better than night two did, but that's on me. So basically, the only thing that's going to save me this year, even though you've taken Tears of the Kingdom is a combination of PS5 games and, crucially, Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man, because uh, I've got both across the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2. Yep. I need both of those to get in the 90s for me to even have a fucking hope. Because <laughs> even my Advance Wars plan, because Suicide Squad got pushed, I get, mm. to, I get to have a fucking... I get to have a, a re-pick. Yep. And I picked tactically. I had two choices for Nintendo games. I could either go Pikmin 4 mm. or Advance Wars. And I kind of knew what I was getting with Advance Wars because it's a remake. Yes. Went with that. It got in the 80s, which is by far and away the best performing thing so far for me game-wise. But I was hoping for 90s. Yeah, but that and Survivor are going to bring your score up. Whereas They are. The problem being, I have three three things in the 80s, one thing in the 70s, and Guardians. What have you got left? Um, Oppenheimer, June Part oh, 2. Oh, fucking hell, you've got Oppenheimer. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, the, the problems are is I might have to re-pick these two because I've got Tekken 8 and X-Men 97. So I'm pretty sure X-Men 97 has been pushed. Yeah, I think I need to choose another TV e- thing. Yes, so... Annoyingly, and <laughs> what I should have done this year, and I can't because it's already started, so uh. I'll be fucking cheating, is pick Maisel, which is what I did last year, and then no one liked that season. Maisel started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no. like five episodes into the last season now. You're joking. It's, it's Fuck, I missed that. It's really fucking good. Is it now? It's a great season I've so fucking, far. I know what I'm... But thankfully, uh, whilst I was out on uh, Sunday, mm. uh, my wife played through all of the Bridgerton prequel. Oh, good. So, so you we, don't have that, to... That's not that. on the list so we, I can then go home and tell her that we've got Maisel to watch. Excellent. Happy days. So I've still got... Um, so Spider-Verse is in like a couple of weeks, so we've got that yep, going for us. That's, that's near... Now, I might have to redraft two of my TV shows because we haven't had 100% confirmation that either Umbrella Academy Season 4 or what we do in the Shadows Season 5 are coming this year. Mm. I'm pretty sure what we do in the Shadows will be. Umbrella yeah. Academy's on the bubble. And then we have Spider-Man 2 at some point later this year mm. that will hopefully bring home the bacon. But 
between Ant-Man 65 and uh, WrestleMania Night 2, I don't think I'm going to be able to recover. <laughs> with those three, I sit at a medium of 51. Well, I haven't figured mine out, but with three 80s, a 70, and a 60, it's looking pretty good. Jesus, Sage Christ. Right, um, I'm going to plug away real quick, if that's yep. all right. You can go and listen to, we're about to record our Mandalorian Season 3. Season 3. Season 3. Season 3 review right after this, so hopefully it'll be a bit shorter. <laughs> um, so we're going to go listen to that. You can also go listen to all of our previous podcasts, including reviews for the Mario movie, what else came out? I can't remember, <laughs> but they're all over there. Hang on. Oh, he's going to look at the thing for me. Thank you very much. And coming up in the not-too-distant future, happy Tears of the Kingdom week, everybody. <laughs> not to yeah! date this episode, but we are three sleeps away. <laughs> I'm counting down to it like fucking Christmas. It's out on Friday. I cannot. F- I don't have to have the same anxiety attack that I had when Breath of the Wild was coming out and I didn't own the console came from playing it. I've got it. I'm so fucked. Ready that was a it. wonderful memory, though. It was a great day, don't <laughs> really get me wrong, day. but I cannot fucking wait <laughs> to play that game. Oh, my God. we got that coming. Spider-Verse is just around the corner as well. Plenty of stuff coming up very, very soon over on failentertainment.com. If you haven't already, go check out the Super Mario Brothers movie review. That film's doing fucking numbers. Well, Guardians did finally knock it off the top spot, by, but but not by a lot. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Oh, I mean, Chris Pratt has beaten Chris Pratt to number one. <laughs> you know, that fucking Photoshop of Biden putting a medal around Biden. Yes. <laughs> That's what that. we're dealing with right now. <laughs> um, uh, we also reviewed Dungeons and Dragons, Armored Thieves, John Wick Chapter 4. For Hogwarts Legacy and of course the Oscars. So that's all on Spotify. But in the meantime, you can go and find me at Instagram, Twitter, that that Michael, and you can find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Goodridge. You can find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And it is now Felian T. That's F O U L E N T. And you can go to Spotify, obviously, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up your RSS feed under these name Felian T or Felian T Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to Felian.com for everything we've just said. Thank you ever so much for letting me do this because this this one is weird for me i can tell but don't worry michael we get it you're kind of mediocre on the guardian (laughs) oh god i hate that (laughs) bye everybody i still love the guardians (laughs) 